Hi everyone! Just to let you know, this episode does contain themes of sex and abortion and does mention rape. Please take a moment to think about your comfort level with those topics before you get started. Thank you! You're listening to Teen Table Talks with Teen Health 101, a podcast where teens have a roundtable conversation about health topics that impact the youth and teens today. Join us at our lunch table, where a group of teens come together to debate, joke, and share experiences about topics from nutrition to mental health to the healthcare industry. Hi, I'm Reedy. I'm a current sophomore in high school from Massachusetts. I love being part of Teen Health 101 because I think it's a great opportunity to discuss important mental health issues like nutrition in school, and it's helped me learn more about focusing on myself. Hi, I'm Athena, a current sophomore in high school from California, and being a part of Teen Health 101 has helped me get in touch with being creative and physical and mental health. Hi, I'm Han. I'm a current high school junior from Minnesota. Being part of Teen Health 101 has allowed me to talk to more teens that are in, about their experience with physical and mental health. On this podcast, we talk about anything and everything relating to the youth and teens today. Today's topic is period poverty and reproductive rights. Let's get into it. So on the topic of period poverty and our own opinions to access to menstrual products and, you know, we're going to be talking about if we were aware of this problem. And so I'm going to first get into more the numerical and the statistics of um, really period poverty. And so I'm going to be referring to everything that like feminine products as femtech, which is basically like feminine technology. And while I was researching more about all of this, I realized that there's actually a word for it, which is femtech. So um, that's anything that relates to, you know, feminine products and technology. It's also menstrual products, but um, I actually realized that because of COVID and because of all this that's been happening this past year, there are actually companies that were started and made just for the purpose of making women's products and menstrual products more inexpensive. And so I want to kind of touch light on that, which is that um, there's actually 35 states in the US that have a tampon tax, which is basically that all feminine products are considered non-essential goods. And so that's another topic that is gonna be really important in today's discussion. So let's get into it. Um, First, let's talk about the non-essential products, right? So if we're talking about what's non-essential, what's essential, let's go from the bottom of everything. So you need food, water, shelter, then you need clothes, then you need maybe a companion, maybe education, things like that. But no one ever really talks about feminine technology or, you know, period products that everyone needs, every woman at least needs. And so, It's kind of insulting, I would say, at least for me, that in 35 states, period period products and all feminine technology is considered non-essential goods. So there's a tax on those products, at least. So pads, tampons, and all those um, really products. And so I want to get a little bit of your input and all of your insight on how you guys also find that a little bit off 
And especially because today, a lot of women are going into politics and there's a lot more female representation in the political scene. So I feel like that might change in the future, but it was a little bit surprising to hear that in 35 states, there's literally a tax on period products. And so also in one in five states, in one in five women, at least, one in five women have experienced um, not being able to buy feminine products, which is also something very surprising. So I know there's three of us here, three podcasters, but if there was two more, one of us would have been in this position where we couldn't afford it. And so that's also very surprising. And it's something that is a little bit sad in a way because we shouldn't really think of these products as non-essential, right? Um, if we're talking about non-essential, isn't toilet paper essential? Isn't groceries essential? Shouldn't this also be an essential product? And especially because today there's a lot of humongous pretty much movement of feminism, which is amazing and a lot more representation going on. So what do you guys think about it being considered non-essential? I think it's kind of insulting because period, like menstruational products and feminine products are essential because that's just, that's just how a woman's body was like made. Like I can't just stop my period and I can't make it not happen this month because I don't have like a pad or a tampon. It is an essential product. So it should be treated as an essential product. Right. And so um, another thing was, I know a lot of women or a lot of girls at least who I've gone to school with and they told me, oh, I didn't come to school today because, you know, although my period or I had cramps and that's understandable. But why don't we talk about a girl who can't go to school because she doesn't even have access to a pad or a tampon or a, you know, a woman who has to go to work, but she can't because she's lower class, she's lower income. She can't because she doesn't have access to that. And it's just like mind blowing. And especially because I feel like I'm a lot, I'm at least pretty privileged to know that I won't ever be in that position at least, you know, because I have a mom and a dad who would, at least my mom would literally run to the store if I ever needed you know, or was in a position where I couldn't afford it. So I was talking with people and some of my friends and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be doing a podcast soon on this topic. And they're like, period poverty, that's a thing. And it's, it's really surprising as well. But I guess that's our reality. And it's a very sad reality. And especially because it's considered non-essential. Um, it's very surprising. But if anyone, you know, if the listeners want to help or if any of you guys I don't know if you've done this but I always go to women's shelters especially because in Los Angeles they have so much women's shelters and um, women's housing centers and they take anything related to women's products so that's um, makeup clothes any menstrual products and especially because um, the state tax on uh, women's products is so high they really need it the most. And also I want to touch on the fact that in prison, in women's prisons, they also deal with not being able to have access to all these things. So that's another thing where it's a lot, it's far beyond our abilities just as a small group of girls to get a state tax lifted on women's products. So I think it's a more of a movement that needs to be made rather than a discussion. And so, there's a, there's a lot of petitions as well out there. So I encourage anyone listening to go sign those.
I'd like to add something to what you said earlier about like how we're like all like pretty privileged to know that like we have access to like menstrual products but like people in like Africa or like probably like in really like poor areas they don't have access to those menstrual products causing them to miss like weeks of school on end because they can't have access to menstrual products so that the bathrooms are not sanitary enough so that they can like I guess like make sure like they're like hygienic or like they're like make sure like they have a tampon or like they have a pad but like there's also it's very unsafe in those areas like when you are like having your period so like I feel like we're really privileged in this uh, but I also want to go back to what you said about like like menstrual products are essential for women like that's just like that it's like period like you need women need them we can't change our bodies um just because um it's just how we are we just can't change it and like really like um I feel really privileged to be able to have access to so many things like so many feminine products and um it just makes me think more about how like this world needs like I guess focus more on women because um I feel like most of this like especially in the United States like like especially like the garment it was administered by men and it was created for men it wasn't technically designed to help woman and so I feel like like that's something like the movement even talking about like feminism like I feel like this movement's been growing so much over the past like like um like year like years on end or like decades and so I feel like uh now like we're starting to really gain momentum and popularity among youth now yeah for sure and I think especially because there's such a rise in females just representation overall in job and in STEM and in all job fields, really. So hopefully maybe in the future it'll change, maybe in the next four years it'll change. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to as well. So just to transition maybe into talking about other products that are maybe available to us. So that'll be talking about more reproductive rights. Uh, I don't know like how like political you want to go into reproductive rights, but but since like the beginning, like um like the very like popular Supreme Court case Roe versus Wade, that was basically where in Texas there was a state law where it was basically illegal to have abortion, and then this woman, um she like she wanted to have an abortion, like but it was only like legal if like a doctor was trying to save a woman's life, and this woman felt like her personal right to privacy was violated and um this constitutional right was just very vague and so from this it like starts like creates like um like a send really to have like this movement where you start to legalize abortion in like in like states but now I feel like it's starting to gain more momentum now because of like how many people are starting to realize that abortion is like really important it's like a necessity it should be like inalienable like inborn right that women have it shouldn't be something that men decide upon because men really just feel like they have the authority and ability to control women's body and control their choice and the whole point of reproductive rights are basically women's rights women's rights are something that women have been fighting for since like since america was founded in like 1776 so it goes all the way back then and i feel like women now like especially like in what you said previously about women are starting to gain like more representation and voice in the political atmosphere i feel like they're now trying to really emphasize on like women's rights women's represent representation and fighting for like reproductive rights especially like 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was a woman advocate for like reproductive rights. And she wanted to make sure that women had equality and that men wouldn't impose these restraints on people. So I feel like right now, I feel like, um, like women reproductive rights just should just be a necessity. It shouldn't be something debated on. It just should be something that women just have and shouldn't be controlled on. So yeah, what sure. um, I think when you say that, there's a few ways to interpret it, of course there will be the men of the world that say, no, women can't have that. But um, I think what people get wrong is that abortion and having the, you know, access to reproductive, reproductive rights, re abortion in specific, it shouldn't be treated like a birth control. You know, it's always there. And that's so important, especially to have, but it shouldn't be treated as a birth control. There's birth control for a reason, but just in case that goes wrong, then you have the plan B and C, right? So um, especially it could be un very unhealthy to get like multiple abortions back to back, especially if people are treating it as a birth control. So that's just something I feel like people get a very misconstrued, especially in today's world. Um, so that's just my kind of take on it. Yeah, I also feel like the, the idea or like the thought of abortion has just become so simplified, especially by men because they act like it's such a simple choice. They're always just like, oh, you're like trying to kill a baby or whatever. You're trying to take away a human life. But the reality is that no woman who is, you know, found out she's pregnant and isn't ready for that child or is in a situation where she can't have that child, no woman is just like, oh, I'm going to get rid of the baby. Like, I'm just going to get rid of this fetus. Like, nobody thinks that. It's not that simple. It's a hard choice. And also abortions can be so painful. Like, it's not easy to have that kind of abortion and like it stays with you right people don't just have an abortion and the next day they're like oh my life is back to normal like, it's an emotional process and I feel like especially like I've been seeing so much recently of people being like oh just get an abortion and of course that's always there I, I mean I saw on TikTok I don't know if you guys saw that trend like uh deaths from abortion or something and um while it's considered not really a baby. Um, people are making fun of maybe the woman and putting them down and saying, oh, you killed a baby and all that. And it's not right, especially if it's not your body. I don't think you should put them down and make fun of them because you don't know how much of an emotional decision it was for them. So especially because it's a really tough decision for someone to make, it's not easy at all. And I really agree with you whenever you say that it's not at a click of a button. You're like, oh, I'm pregnant. Maybe I should just do that it's a tough decision for a woman to make so yeah for sure I agree it's like it's a it really it's like a really like deep psychological process people like it's like you can really like it's not easy to like to just get an abortion you just don't think like today like I'm gonna get an abortion it's something that you have to like really like deep down like just think about like hard if you really want to get it's like a life or death situation almost um right. mm -hmm. And also I feel like, um, especially like um, with like reproductive rights and abortion, um, there's like a lot of like momentum been happening with like legal acts and stuff. Like I know in Massachusetts, like they're trying to pass the Roe Act, which is like for like safe and like legal abortion in Massachusetts, but like in more like conservative states, probably like Alabama and stuff, they don't legalize abortion. They have like taboos against abortion. Like they don't believe in like reproductive rights just because of culture or like religious taboos against it 
And I feel like in those situations, like, I feel like they just don't understand women. They don't understand, like, what women have to go through, like, when they're pregnant. They don't, like, sometimes kids, like, they have, they're pregnant when they're, like, young, like, teen pregnancy, especially, where they have to make that tough choice if they have, if they want to get an abortion, especially if they live in those states. It's very unsafe for them. Like, they don't know, like, if they can get, like, a safe and legal abortion because in those conservative states, they don't believe in abortion because they think they're just killing the baby. It's saying you're just murder, honestly. So I feel like in those states, it's like, it's just really possible to have, like, safe legal abortion with your productive rights in general. So what do you guys think about that? Your mic cut off a little bit. Can you? Oh, I said, uh, like, what do you think about that? Like, um, about how people, like, in, like, certain states of, like, the United States, like, don't have access yeah. to... Yeah, they don't have access to it again. That's something that goes far beyond just our discussion. And there's a lot of things. And I think hopefully that'll change in the next, you know, term or two. So um, that's something that I, I think that'll change with time, with time and with education on people, on their minds. And of course, a lot of people have the older mentality of it's wrong to do that. And I guess, depending on your religion and your idea of life and your perspective, it might be wrong to you, but at the end of the day, it's it's their body and it's their choice. And I think all of us are pro-choice here, so, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there's just like so much misinformation about it and hopefully having like a female vice president will hopefully clear some of those things up too because it's a very historic moment and like women have never been able to achieve like such positions of power before. So maybe people will be like, oh, you know, this is possible and more women will be able to speak up on like many issues and certain things. But also like, there's also many like angles that like, you know, pro-lifers have taken to try and justify um, why abortion shouldn't be legal. Have you, and even there are pro-lifers who are like, oh, I'll support abortion if rape, incest, or death of the mother. And I'm like, so you support abortion when someone's about to die and so when someone's body has been violated. It's not, it's, you can't just do that. You can't pick and choose. It doesn't add up, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You'd want to like kill the person just to have like to have an abortion. It doesn't make sense to me. Also just like the woman's body has to be violated or the woman has to, you know, is like on the verge of death for you to be like, oh, she can choose what she wants to do with her body. Like, no, a woman should be able to choose regardless of the situation she's been put in. For sure. And I think depending on whatever situation, the emotional trauma depends greatly, right? So, um, I kind of want to put a trigger warning, but like sexual assault and all that and rape, it's something that's like, I don't know how people expect you, you're pro-life and you're like, oh, she got raped. No, she can't have an abortion. And you have to live with that idea of I'm carrying the child of some, of a monster. And it's crazy that people have that mentality. And so that's something, of course, that it's always, it kind of breaks my heart in a way that in, in some states it's looked upon as, you know, a disgrace and it's not even allowed sometimes. And 
the laws are changing so much really so the only thing is that the on the awareness side of it there's only hope i think that's going to go forward and there's only more that's going to be done to change all this so that's what we could hope for i really like what you said about hope and like i feel like as the world's like changing and now that we have a female vice president like hopefully we can actually like start things like rolling because most of the stuff that's been like going into like senate and like congress is all like mostly just men to be honest and Republicans, but hopefully now with like, um, I guess a full like democratic majority in the Senate and with the woman, we can actually like start getting stuff like underway and like start like moving forward and legalizing abortion, like emphasizing reproductive rights and women rights now in these states. So I just kind of wanted to segue into another thing is like, have you ever dealt with anybody who has had like differing opinions on abortion or like reproductive rights or like, have you ever been like someone who's like, oh, I'm pro-choice and like, and, and someone cl you're close with is pro-life? For sure. Um, I think at least a majority of my life, there's been like a lot of Republicans around me and then I have a lot of Democrats around me as well. And it's diff it's difficult whenever like they're your close friends or they're people who might be related to you in a way or cousins or, you know, all that. And it's a little bit like they won't see eye to eye and it could turn into an argument. But I try to tell them my side of how, why I think it's okay, right? And of course they'll say their side and I'll just nod my head, but um, it's hard to argue whenever, or it's hard to at least educate and put your point out there when they don't wanna accept it. So my kind of philosophy is just don't talk about it with people who don't accept it and who don't let it get through to their, through to their head really. So, I mean, you can't, you can't change someone if they don't want to like learn or maybe change their point of view. So there's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I grew, I live in Minnesota and it's in the Midwest and that's kind of what people would consider middle America. And like, I live pretty close to Minneapolis which is Ilhan Omar's district, but um, my district is not that district and we have it's very, very, you know, it's a red district, very conservative, pretty Republican. So I always just grew up like always hearing like the more conservative opinions. And I always went to school with people who thought like that, you know, and like Athena said, you can't change anyone's opinion if they don't want to hear it. So I mean, like, obviously I love to talk about it, but at the end of the day, like there's only so much you can do if they choose not to listen to anything that you say. Yeah, and it's always, I think it's more that side of the, the country, at least. I mean, like I live in Los Angeles and over here, there's obviously your good share of Republicans, but a lot of also like, not like liberals, I guess, but more just people who are left leaning. And they have a little bit of a broader mentality. And I feel like I'm kind of lucky to know that there's people who see eye to eye on where I stand with a lot of things as well. So if you're growing up in that area and if everyone's believing that, it's probably, it might be like that for a, lot, a while. And maybe if, you know, more people left leaning start to go to Minnesota or Minneapolis and start to spread their ideas and things will change, but that's just how everything works really. So that's my take on it.
like I live in Massachusetts which is like probably like the most like blue state ever like I mean like I we have like Republicans like governor but like he's like pretty democratic on most issues um so I never really had to deal with anybody like having like differing opinions because I went to school with people who like had the same opinions I but it's like there's always that one Republican or like conservative person in, in like our school just like has who's just like that shy person to want to say his opinion when everybody else is like oh I'm pro-choice he's like but I'm like secretly pro-life there's always that like one like kind of conservative person but I'm usually like surrounded with like a group of people in my school at least who agree with me and who agree with my opinions yeah maybe the opposite for me I don't know I feel like it depends on whatever school you go to but right now I, I go to a private school but all my life I went to a public school and at the public school there was obviously a whole mix of opinions and at this private school it's mostly like red and then there's like a few blue people you know like democrats and republicans but it's just difficult whenever like especially because people can't handle that you have a different opinion than them so that's one of the main things as well um but that i could talk about that for like hours of how people just can't respect others opinions but i get it you don't want to hang out with someone who doesn't you know believe in the same stuff as you so that's understandable yeah but like you know it's like always important to like have people in your life that you're close to that don't share your views just so you can like see the points that they raise with their views too it's also very important because social media has allowed us to create a lot of echo chambers for ourselves where we only hear our opinion because that's what we like to hear you know so it's always important just to keep those other those views that are different from your own yeah for sure okay um, I guess we can transition to the last section and that's really just talking about what you guys think could be done to, you know, uphold and protect reproductive rights. I mean, for me, a big one is just making sure Roe v. Wade doesn't get overturned just because having access to like abortion, which is a reproductive right, like that's very important. And once you take that away, it can be, it can get down to a very slippery slope of what rights can be taken away and what rights can't you know yeah um that's also important and I feel like at this point I don't get how people can just not make it available to whoever needs it but abortion is obviously so important and well important in the way that it should be there right and um it shouldn't be just it shouldn't be on the same level as birth control because I feel like it's your plan b after birth control you know what I mean and that's when I that's whenever I was saying how people will use it as a birth control and so whenever we're talking about birth control I think it should be a little bit not as expensive in the sense that it should be a little bit easier but then the quality goes down and that's the whole economy thing but it should be it should just be available and for period poverty that it needs, the prices need to go down, but we live in a world where everything is with money and it needs to be, you know, good quality and all that. But at the same time, it needs to be available and it needs to be available to people who are lower income and people who can't afford abortions. That's, that's one of the main reasons as to how, you know, they have to still keep the kid and whenever they might not be on birth control and then they get the abortion and that's how abortion clinics keep going. So it's just this whole back and forth of 
maybe it's not available to them at one point and then it is. So I think we should just work on making it available to people really. So that's my main thing as to why I feel like men especially, and I, I don't think being a feminist is a bad thing. I think all women should be a feminist in the sense that we should all believe that we deserve to be on the same level. But I think the problem with especially men thinking that it's like, oh, but they don't need it. Like it could be more expensive. There could be a tax on period products, but no, <laughs> there shouldn't be because you, you can't say like, you're not in our position. And so I think that's just like, all to all we have to all I have at least have to say on how it should just be available and it should be affordable. Yeah, I believe it should also be available and affordable as well because this is such a very like monumental moment in a woman's life that they choose to get an abortion it should be accessible. There should be medical services and medical professionals who can administer that to women, um, especially in any area of the world. It should just be like something that. It's like, it should be like an inalienable and inborn right that people have the right to an abortion. And same thing with like period poverty, like prices should be going down so that women in like in poorer countries can still have access to them and not like miss weeks of school on end. Um, and I feel like, like right now we said like about feminism, like feminism is like a movement that kind of empowers and uplifts women and makes them like, it's more important in the world, in this world, like where, they were constantly undermined by men and they were always just shown as not important. They're always shown as like property, like where like someone can like control them, control their choices. I feel like reproductive rights is like a way for like women like to get back up. And I feel like now like there's been like, I feel like where I live is like not a lot of awareness about um, like reproductive rights. Like I haven't had like many conversations about reproductive rights. like not in my school or like not in my family. And I feel like there's a lot more that Gen Z I feel like could be doing um, like to, I guess, to, um, I guess to uplift and like, like, I guess do more activism on reproductive rights. What do you guys like, have you guys seen any like awareness going around or like, what do you guys think about that? I see a lot of petitions going around and that's whenever I had, whenever I had mentioned the, um, whenever I was trying to, you know, put out there that everyone should go and donate to women's shelters, but there's a lot of, a lot of petitions I see going on, like, make this legal here and make this legal there, and while it's so important, so important, um, I, I don't really see too many activists talking a lot about that. It's mostly, at least in this past few months, it's been more about COVID, which is so important, um, but it's just, there's always these things, of trends at least where activism is a trend and everyone forgets about this idea and performative activism of course people will talk about this for a second whenever it's trending but no we shouldn't talk about certain things when they're trending we should always try to put it out there so there's a lot of change.org links of just period poverty alone and that's kind of what i've been preaching about to a lot of people around me is just go sign those petitions you know try to have them lower the prices at least of menstrual products. I mean, also another important thing would be like Planned Parenthood. People always think it's like, oh my God, it's like an abortion factory. And I'm like, Planned Parenthood provides like a lot of, you know, resources to women, stuff like um, mammograms. 
inspections, contraceptives, birth control. So it provides like a lot of things and people are always like, oh, we don't like need Planned Parenthood. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure we need it. And it's also like an educational resource too because our education system doesn't really talk about reproductive rights at all. Like I have not had that conversation in school ever and I'm a junior. So, and there's also like a lot of misinformation about like menstruation in general. Guys are always like, oh, you're like so moody. You must be like menstruating. I'm like, maybe I just don't want to talk to you, you know? That's actually so true because the only time I ever talked about a period, I think was in fifth grade. And that was it. We've never, wait, we've never even talked about anything. And I thought they were supposed to show like a video in like seventh grade or something. They never, I don't know. Is that a thing? Did you guys? Like I watched a video in like fifth grade. Like it was like mandatory. Like there's a separate video for girls and there's a separate video for like guys to watch. And yeah. it was like, it was mandatory. And like the same thing with you, like when I like first got here, I was like, oh my God, like I got my period. And then we just like, it was like there. I was like, I guess it was like a, like a monumental moment almost like when I was like in, in like middle school it definitely you know? was yeah and I feel like especially like in my educational in my like school like they don't do anything like to really like teach anything like sex education like about abortion or like about like contraceptions or like birth control and in my school we only have like one year of health and that like that's it and so we don't really get much out of one year you know we don't get a lot of the education that we need to like help us go further in our lives and like to know more about like I guess like sex education like or like abortions they don't really like they don't education just like they don't really like do that schools don't really provide us that information they like expect us to go like learn about it ourselves. Actually now that you said that I think in seventh grade we talked about it once but I, I actually I don't recall like anyone ever explaining anything or it's kind of sad no one really talks about it because like then you go out into the real world and you know everyone's doing stuff and you're kind of just like I don't remember I don't remember reading this in my textbook like <laughs> it's just it's a weird it's, it's a lot well but also the education system whenever it talks about stuff like sex or stuff like that they've taken like the whole abstinence approach to it they're just like don't do it they don't like actually spend time to like teach us really about birth control. They're just like, okay, here's a banana and here's a condom. Like that, that doesn't teach you anything. Okay. It's like, and they're just like, don't have sex. Do not do it. And I'm like, like you're teenagers. Like it ha stuff happens. Like it's a normal part of life. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's normal. Like don't shame someone for doing it. My teacher, I think in seventh grade, someone asked like when is the right time and she's like I'm not gonna tell you when the right like she never she she was definitely like she was like a really like hippie type of teacher but she was like you guys do you but just be careful and it was just I, I appreciate that a lot because like she was a cool teacher but it's just especially because no one talks about it and it's like oh don't talk about it especially if you go to like a more um I don't know if you go to private school that's a Christian Catholic or whatever it's like don't talk about it like such a touchy topic like no one just like feels comfortable that's like just talking about like sex like oh like you're gonna talk in detail about like abortion like when to have sex like no one does talks about it it's like yeah it's such a touchy topic like a yeah. sensitive topic you don't want to like 
maybe rub someone the wrong way about it or say something that'll offend anyone. So I think maybe that's why they don't talk about it anymore, at least. I feel like back in the day, they would talk about it to kids. But of course, while the world changes, they just leave that out of the manual. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot, there's like a whole culture of shame that like surrounds those topics, like periods, uh, puberty, sex, like there's so much shame surrounding those topics because of the culture we created, but also a lot of those things are very tied up into like people's religious beliefs too. Yeah. So then it gets more into the sensitivity part because you don't want to like offend someone's religious beliefs or whatever. You just, you want to obviously care about their beliefs, but you also want to like have open dialogue about it because these things are all very normal. Yeah, especially because you don't know, you don't know if someone's whatever really, however they spend their religious time or at all. Um, it's like, you don't want to offend anyone. And that's the main thing as to why it's such a sensitive topic. And how you said the culture we created today, no one wants to address things that'll be controversial and that'll get them in trouble. So, but like, I don't, I don't know how these things are controversial anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially cause I'm looking, I think I'm looking at it from a really kind of pure sense of view of the sense that I'm I'm a child, really, like we're all kids still. So that's how I think, at least we're looking at it. Maybe, I don't know, people who are older have a different perspective, especially because how they've been grown up and they haven't had all this technology and cancel culture. But always in the back of my head, I have like the fear of saying something and like, maybe it'll come back to me and I'll get canceled one day. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to say anything that'll like, you know, make anyone mad, especially because I feel like, my ideas and my thoughts are pretty much on like every other everyone kind of thinks the same of reproductive rights at least so it shouldn't be like you shouldn't be able to say something be like oh you can't say that because that's not appropriate right and you shouldn't be scared that oh maybe people won't agree with you you should be able to talk about how you feel about you know reproductive rights and period poverty and it's just, it's a weird culture and dynamic that everything has turned into, really. I feel like a lot of people are like, especially if you have lived in like a really religious family, it's like really hard to actually talk to someone about it. If like, if like, if you like um, had sex and you now like are pregnant and you like, you don't know who to talk to. I feel like that's always like very hard if like, if you're like in that very like, I guess that closed minded set of like, about like having like certain thoughts about abortion, having like sort of negative thoughts about it. It's really hard for like people to actually talk to someone. I feel like in like in that in that mindset, I feel like it's like it's like that's the why always like it's like not always like brought upon like for awareness because people are like are scared to talk about it. People don't know if like if they're people are gonna misinterpret it, people are gonna like or like feel scared or just gonna like shrug it off or just gonna like just don't want to talk about it because it's like you just don't want to talk about it really sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think we can sort of end right here. So that was all for today. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on period poverty and reproductive rights. Feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram, other socials, or our website. See you guys next time.